there's nothing stopping us from creating, you know, a Space Doodles 2 that has a much larger supply that lets the cats, the apes, the dead fellas all come in and share the same experience. But for us, like, we're always thinking around how can we drive that value back to the OG trait holders, OG collection holders. And yeah, that, that's something that we're very much thinking about because it does help us expand in a very interesting way that's sort of like a vampire attack slash friendly cross-pollination into the ecosystem. Welcome to the NFT Now podcast. Every Wednesday, we speak with trailblazing artists, collectors, and technologists about how NFTs are redefining the creative economy and how you can be a part. I'm Sam Heisel. I'm Alejandro Navia. And I'm Matt Medved, and we're on a mission to empower the creators of culture. Welcome to the show. Alejandro, how are we doing today? Man, I'm doing so good that this should be a crime, brother. Who do we have on today? I love it. I love it. We have two very special guests, Evan Keith and Jordan Castro, two of the founders of Doodles one of the leading profile picture PFP projects in the NFT space. Doodles has done more than 102,700 ETH in sales volume. That's more than $300 million total. Um, Beyond their success in the URL, they've also been bridging into IRL with their standout South by Southwest activation with Shopify. And they're really redefining the evolution of a community-based project. Uh, What stood out to you from the conversation? Matt, so many things stood out for me, but really... All their plans for the URL, IRL bridging and like the multi-city takeover, that, I, that is going to be a major driver. The other thing that really stood out for me is the amount of technology and intentionality that is around the art. It's not just focused on like awesome design or awesome concepts. It's actually, there's a lot of technology underneath this concept. And then more importantly, I think one, something that really stood out for me was their key and very much out of the blue take on derivatives from the doodles community. I was, I was really like taken back and, you know, without, without even saying much, I can't tell you guys much, but I'll let you listen. But the amount of alpha that was dropped on this episode is just bananas. Yeah. A lot of alpha, a lot of alpha throughout. So uh, we, we love the alpha here at NFT. Now we know you do too. And uh, before we get into it, just want to encourage you to sign up for our newsletter at nftnow.com. Each week, we take the wild world of NFTs and distill it into actionable insights so that you can keep up and uh, and thrive and and succeed. So without any further ado. Hey, guys, what's up? Great to have you on the NFT Now podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having us. Ella, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to speak to us. Yeah, guys, thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lots to dive into. So why don't we kick things off? Just tell us a little bit about the backstory. How did you guys link up and how did you guys found Doodles together? Evan, you want to take this one? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, Doodles started in 2021, in October. Before that, Jordan and I, you know, we used to work at Dapper Labs together. Um, You know, there we worked on projects like CryptoKitties, you know, lots of campaigns leading up to NBA Top Shot. Uh, So Jordan and I have been friends for a while and colleagues Early on in 2021, I saw that Scott Martin was getting into NFTs, Burnt Toast, uh, as his moniker there. You know, we were already kind of thinking about doing a project, but we hadn't found the right fit for an artist yet. Um, And when we saw Scott's work, it was just like, you know, a match made in heaven. We just loved, you know, the inclusivity of his artwork, the color palette, you know, the range of traits and designs. And so, yeah, that's kind of 
you know, the origin story uh, during 2021, how it got started, but really the, the doodle story starts kind of after, you know, that initial, um, that initial sale we did in October. Um, you know, since then doodles has just grown immensely. So um, yeah, it's, it's crazy to look back that, you know, we've only been around for just over five months. Man. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And it's like, you guys have been such a presence in the community. You guys ingrained yourselves really, really well. And it's more, I want to speak more specifically as to how you guys ingrained in South by Southwest. Like you guys were the conversation of it and your activation was talk of the town. Like, what was it like to put together that activation and why was it important for you guys to bridge URL and IRL? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, to talk about South by Southwest, like we think it was, we definitely think it was successful, um, you know, both for the Doodles brand and for NFTs or Web3 as a whole. Getting, I think we had about 6,000 people or so come through during during the weekend, which is, you know, 6,000 people, foot traffic. To grab that much attention at South by Southwest, like we're, you know, just completely blown away. But I think it was really, you know, talked about or people wanted to come check it out because a lot of people know about NFTs, have heard about them, but they haven't really like engaged with them in the, in a physical setting other than like maybe seeing a billboard or or, um, you know, hearing about it from friends. So like, yeah, it definitely wasn't the first example of NFTs really showing up in this kind of way, but the way that we, the way that we did it, we thought we brought a new spin on it that, you know, people could really feel what, what NFTs were all about. So, and also just a lot of our, our holders as well. We had about 500, uh, doodles holders, um, come through. So just seeing the community, you know, show up in that way. Um, we wanted to give them exclusive experiences, you know, tapping their NFT and, and things happening. Um, so, yeah, we just we, we wanted to create those connections in a in a completely new way. And I think that's why so many people were excited to go check it out. And to add to Evan's point really quickly, um, it's important for us, like as a brand to kind of break out of the current space and break into like a mainstream audience or Web2 company um, sort of mindset. And um, South by was, you know, a perfect opportunity for us when we were planning it. We were not aware of any other NFT projects or teams uh, planning an execution there. And, you know, we felt like it was a great location to kind of break through the noise and get in front of, you know, thousands of people who are crypto curious, who are NFT curious. And like the event that we had was literally right across the street from the convention center in Austin. So, you know, aside from 6,000 people trying to get into the door, there are many hundreds waiting in line and, you know, many more thousands just looking at it and having this sort of curiosity about what the heck is this rainbow puke character doing? <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, obviously I was there. I, I did the fireside chat on the live stream. It was a great time. And just for those of our listeners who maybe didn't get to check it out, like the experiences were really immersive and, and super cool how it was personalized. Like you could go to the coffee bar and by scanning your pass uh, where like that, that you had like that had your, your doodle uh, information on it, they would actually like make your own doodle, your, your specific doodle, like appear in like the foam of the coffee that they gave you. And then like all of these different like screens and activations um, would use your specific doodle. And like, I thought it was a really interesting and, and super, super smart uh, case study for being both inclusive and exclusive at the same time, because like you were, it was open to the public, 
but it still rewarded doodles holders. You know, they obviously, you know, there was a special line for them. They got all these like exclusive experiences, but it was, but it didn't like preclude the public from coming in. In fact, anything, if anything, it welcomed the public because as you said, a lot of people were curious about it. Like, what is this? Um, I thought that was super smart. So talk a little bit about that and, and how you balance kind of those interests as a, as a community-based, you know, NFT project um, where you do have a defined, you know, set of holders, but are still, but are trying to take, um, you know, doodles to the masses as well. Yeah, I think it's important to have your community to buy into the vision. You know, when we have to make decisions around who to optimize for, like obviously one of our biggest priorities is our community, but our collectors are on the same page with us around breaking out of the current space and breaking into the mainstream. Um, so when they see, you know, these activations, it's, it's great to throw a party for doodle holders only, which we did, which Diplo played at, but, um, we, we need to do more and we need to do it, as you said, in a very accessible and inclusive way. Um, but I think it starts with, you know, your community being on board with a long-term strategy and, you know, almost every doodler knows that we want doodles to be incredibly accessible for millions. We want to bring and welcome millions of people into our community, um, and that's the uh, start of a very long roadmap and alpha discussion. Love that. I love that. And, you know, going back to sort of the, the rollout of the project and, you know, I, I remember Doodles was one of the first like high profile projects that, you know, to close your Discord, like after it reached, I think it was around a thousand, um, which is kind of like effectively like implemented a whitelist. And I remember that that had, like, there were some kind of mixed reactions to that at the time. But actually, if you look back in, in retrospect, it's it, quite ahead of its time. And now like looking at the climate that we're in now, where like, where, you know, whitelists are very much a part of the, of the, uh, of the climate. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on like, how should founders be thinking about launching a project to avoid like bots, gas wars, everything that kind of goes into um, the current climate? I think um, it all starts with the product definition and the definition of scarcity. Like what we see now in the space is people try to engineer a sellout. Um, They try to engineer this sort of demand um, when we launched Doodles, we had 25,000 people on the website at the same time trying to buy Doodle for $400. You know, if we could go back in time, we probably would have changed the cap from 10,000 to 25,000. But, you know, we committed to it very early on in our, um, in our creation. And we had to deliver, uh, you know, 10,000 collections similar to all the other ones that are out there. But, um, yeah, it was the first very early uh, example of, of that um, we did it more because we wanted to cut through the noise of people coming in who did not understand our community culture, did not understand our values, and were trying to, you know, be a little self-serving and pumping the floor, et cetera, or getting people to delist. We, we created a lot of emojis in our Discord that are like, um, you know, bonk emojis whenever someone comes in and tries to like stir the pot up or try to get people to pump the market. And, you know, it's not something that's celebrated in our, in our community. And we... By, clo- by closing it, we were able to um, instill our values in a very small group of community members and then make them the advocates for, um, I guess, like sharing those values to many more. Yeah, like sharing, you know, what we have done in the space for years, which is just having fun. Like, you know, the whole reason why NFTs exist are because people wanted to have fun with it, you know, CryptoPunks an early example into CryptoKitties, like the the origin story of, of the technology is, you know, to to do something that's that's fun. So yeah, our, our main mission is to spread that joy of like what Web3 and NFTs unlock for community members, fans, consumers, um, and the like. So 
I love that. I love everything about that. And I think like delivering joy and delight is really an important part of anything that you do from a product perspective or development, right? Um, and you guys are so focused on your community in such a powerful way. I think you guys have a very unique value proposition from, from the onset. And, you know, the ecosystem for Doodles was set up as a DAO with a community treasury where members can all vote on proposals. How does that function in practice? It's very difficult. Um, we originally wanted to be a full-blown DAO. And, you know, after a lot of lengthy discussions with counsel that range from mavericks to pretty much anarchists, <laughs> we or, or the, the opposite end of the spectrum, um, we, you know, decided that we weren't ready for it. Um, and we decided we want to retain more control while the brand is still very young and growing and then figure out how to distribute that sort of control over time. Um, but the way it functions in practicality is, you know, the best ideas come from the community and people self-organize to fund either our team scaling or, you know, entirely new projects or creative endeavors. And someone with an idea who has, you know, buy-in from the community can propose an idea that can un unlock funds to get them to achieve their, their goals. So when you look at South by Southwest, we had, you know, the coffee example, Matt, that's a community of self-organized coffee head owners. They did not create a proposal at the time to do that, but instead we like took them under our wing and gave them, you know, a prominent position inside of the, inside of our event um, and, you know, supported them in their business endeavors. Uh, the noodles, that's a great example of a team that, you know, started from the Doodle Bank, created an entirely new IP that's somewhat inspired by Doodles. Um, and we gave them, you know, a platform to share their brand to people. Um, and it's really just, you know, it's hard to organize people, but we're trying and we're learning. While we're doing that, we're using our growth and our platform to help our community members build their, you know, businesses, build their communities, et cetera. That's really awesome, man. I love that. I love that aspect of bringing the coffee bar and the noodles. Like, uh, actually, I went there and I got the no the noodles of shove your nudes. Like, that was such an awesome touch, man. Like, really awesome that you guys are incorporating your community. Yeah, I, I loved. Um, I thought I thought it was interesting how, how you mentioned that if you if you could do it differently, you know, looking back, you you might have done a higher supply size for doodles. Um, but you recently you recently launched Space Doodles, um, and you made the the decision to make that non dilutive in its expansion of the brand. Um, so for those who don't who don't know, you could actually wrap your doodle uh, to to create a space doodle, um, which would be like your doodle in a in a spaceship, and they have their own traits and the like. And then um, but and then you could kind of swap swap it back through the contract and like make the decision whether you wanted to hold it as a doodle or a space doodle. But it but it didn't actually increase the number of total NFTs. Um, what sort of motivated you to to, to launch that? And, and why did you feel making it non-dilutive was important? Yeah, so we wanted to give back to our collectors. Um, we wanted to give them more art from Burnt Toast. We also wanted to give them a piece of, how do I say this? Like, we wanted to give them a foundational building block for the future experiences that we're building. And we don't want to just like go heads down, build an entirely gigantic experience for nine months, and then unveil it. Instead, we want to like deconstruct it uh, decouple the little parts and give them an NFT that has utility in the future experience that we're creating right now. Um, so Space Doodles is exactly that. You know, it's in addition to it being new art from Burnt Toast, um, it's your key to unlocking like rewards in the Space Doodles experience. And I've 
shared this before, but um, the best reward in this experience is an extended license NFT that lets doodlers commercialize their doodle very easily um, in a way that helps onboard, you know, millions of more people and they get the lion's share of the revenue. Yeah, makes total sense. Um, g- given that that you, you know, could envision, you know, that you might uh, imagine uh, doing it differently with a higher supply size, you know, in retrospect, does that mean that that you could that there could be a, an expansion series that's not non-dilutive down the road? I think with space doodles, it's um, it's not completely novel. It's actually us taking tech that we've you know worked on and helped influenced over the years and adding our spin to it. But there's nothing stopping us for, from creating you know a space doodles two that has a much larger supply that lets the cats, the apes, the dead fellas all come in and share the same experience. Um, but for us, like we're always thinking around how can we drive that value back to the OG trait holders, OG collection holders. Um, and yeah, that, that's something that we're very much thinking about um, because it does help us expand in a very interesting way that's sort of like a vampire attack slash friendly cross-pollination into the ecosystem. Um, but for now, we're very happy with it. I think there's like over 5,000 doodles that have seen their space doodle, that have claimed their space doodle. And um, if we were to do something like that, you know, the amount of people that we could bring into our universe like is 10x, basically, just off of the current and existing community. So it's a very exciting idea. That is very exciting. You got you got me chilled. Like as a as a doodle as a doodle collector, I'm I'm so pumped. I'm really excited for it. I want to talk more about the art. Let's talk about the art a little bit. Like, what are some of the some of the areas that have a either challenged you artistically, right? Where you're just like, hey, this hasn't been done before. How do we bring the art perspective to it? And B, what are some things that you guys are marrying in terms of tech and art? What's that intersection that we can yeah, speak sure. to a little bit more? I'll, I'll talk about the most recent release, which is Space Doodles. So the challenge that we had with Space Doodles was figuring out how to, I guess, deterministically animate a doodle based on the spaceship that they receive. Um, I don't think it's ever been done before where you, you know, get an entirely new upgraded NFT that's also animated deterministically based on the traits that it has. Um, so for everyone who is not aware of it, space doodles has around like 30 ish spaceships and your doodle is inside of it and it's flying around our universe. It's on their first leg of their mission throughout space. We have, you know, 5,000 plus space doodles that are minted right now. And when we created the art pipeline, uh, we literally had to translate the positional data of a spaceship as it's moving around in how Alfie animated it. We needed to get, you know, scale, uh, rotation, position, XY, all of these different coordinates, all of these, all of these these different data points, and then render the, you know, the video of your doodle actually flying based on the spaceship that you rolled. So that's, that was challenging that merged, you know, a very technical pipeline that had some AI elements that had some very, how do I say this, very detailed layering algorithms as well. Like for each trade in space doodles, we also have an accompanying audio trait. So a lot of people don't know this, but every space doodle is unique and every space doodle emits a unique melody, a unique sound. And you can play all those melodies and sounds together and stitch them one to 10,000 in any order, whatever you want. And it'll play a perfect seamless, like 
36 hour song. <laughs> if we had all 10,000. Wait, 10, wait, wait, wait. So, so that's an Easter egg. Oh my God. That's yeah, an Easter yeah. egg. Yeah. Like, has anyone in the community tried to synthesize this song? Like, we, we've actually tweeted a hint to it. And, you know, community members immediately grabbed like 10 different videos, put them together in different orders. And we're like, oh shit, it actually is, it actually works. <laughs> so th this is, this is like the level of detail that we go into in our creative process. Um, Space Doodles or Doodles V1, like that's a very solid collection, but it, at the end of the day, it's layering different traits together and making sure that the inclusions or the exclusions play well so that traits are not colliding. Uh, it's all working well. Uh, Space Doodles like really helped us level up our technical pipeline. And, you know, that's tech that we have. That's tech that we actually hired a doodler to come in. He's a PhD video engineer. Uh, to come and help us build it. And it, when you break down a video, like frames per second is, you know, one of the things that it makes it, makes it up. And we were like literally creating videos frame by frame, position by position to, in order to create the output that everyone sees. And that's why it looks, you know, flawless. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. And it's very impressive. Um, I'd love to dive a little bit more deeper into like your long-term vision for the future of Doodles. I mean, I know that I know we've spoken in the past about, um, you know, really like leveling up events and IRL and all that. Um, but I also, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, it's just, so, it just seems like there's so many tremendous amount of opportunity for the IP. I mean, it's very family friendly. I'm sure that you've been ap approached about television, animated series, film, et cetera. So love to just get where your head's at there. We've been approached by almost everyone and we've told almost everyone no. Um, we're very intentional about who we work with, like what the deal looks like, how it benefits our community. But um, as far as a long-term vision, I'll speak to the NFT side. Evan can speak to the IRL and culture and brand building. But um, we have two unique problems right now. You know, Doodles has almost 500,000 fans across all of our platforms. And a lot of our fans, like they'll have a shirt, right? They'll have a hoodie, but they won't have an NFT because the Doodle right now costs $55,000. Um, so the two plays that we are, that we're doing right now is a very large identity play to where everyone can become a doodle, you know, self-expression is a core pillar of this product in how your doodle animates, what music it's listening to, whether it be fully licensed tracks or, you know, some sort of melody that you create, uh, what it's wearing. And for that product, we are, it, it is in simplest terms, infinite supply for the base doodle, but the scarcity comes in the traits, similar to how people speculate, you know, on the original collection and many other PFP collections. The challenge there is rewarding collectors, and we have something like very solid that uh, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback for, and you know, soon we can onboard millions of people into doodles, and they'll change their PFP across every single platform and. You know, maybe we have a big time social platform partner that helps us integrate our tech into theirs a lot easier. Um, but on the flip side, we need something for collectors. We need something for the broad demographics that you, you know, have mentioned. And that's our collectability bet. And uh, we think that by letting people use their spaceships in our space doodles experience, um, they can earn this extended license NFT that lets us create digital figurines that are very tactile, that are very toyetic, that feel great. That's not like a 3D model that you have in XYZ app, NFT app. Um, and that is like 
a very huge opportunity because when you look at other the competition for this in the physical world, it's Funko Pop, and Funko Pop you know makes nine hundred million dollars a year, and um, the digital version of that is around the corner. Nothing right now is that convincing, uh, but at the moment, you know that's the next phase of our of our roadmap for the year, and um, we're lining up the right partners to get that product together. That sounds so exciting, guys! I I, I love that. This sounds like a lot of complexity, right? Like you guys have a lot of moving parts, everything from art creation, tech involvement and development, community management. Like, I'd like to understand from your perspective, like what are some of the biggest challenges in running a community-based NFT project? I think um, the biggest challenge is expectations and making sure you're constantly sort of iterating on what they have right now so that they see a bigger, a better experience, whether it be, you know, biweekly, the app gets better or every month, you know, our events get better. Being able to meet those expectations, like Evan and I have came from CryptoKitties where, you know, there was a period of time where the expectations were so unrealistic, where people expected to make millions of dollars by breeding cats. Um, and that was one of our biggest learning lessons. But um Making sure that, you know, we properly expectation set with our community is a huge challenge. And the second biggest challenge is making sure that our collectors are rewarded at every step of the way. And, you know, and this might be a little like my personal bias is I don't like to do things that are already that have been done. Like I like to tweak things a little bit and add our flair to it or try something that is, you know, a little challenging, a little more complex um, and a lot of the criticism that, you know, we received, I think in the last week or so, or were around um, just airdrops. Like, why haven't we just done any simple, like, airdrops with good, solid Ponzinomics, et cetera? And, um, yeah, I think uh, it's just not the right investment of our resources. Like, we have very few resources. We're only eight people, plus our dev partners, plus other engineering partners. And I can't really justify, you know, making that investment for, and, and, and sort of injecting it into our roadmap in a very superfluous way without, you know, a lot of deliberation. And um, yeah. I think, I think that's a really good point. And I think you raised something that, uh, you know, is, is really important to, to discuss, like in the, in the NFT space. It's like this sort of like rampant culture of speculation where people are like so focused on floor prices, like, you know, on the number going up, et cetera. Like, you know, obviously you're, you guys are building something that, that has a much bigger vision than, than, than that. Um, but that culture of speculation, um, you know, it exists and it, and it has uh, sunk like good projects before, you know? And so I, I'm curious to hear, like, how do you kind of hold true to your ethos in community building, like given that culture? It's really hard. I mean, out of all the doodle collectors, Evan and I have the biggest bags. Like between us two, we've spent over a million bucks buying back doodles <laughs> of our own money. And um, so, you know, we're not just people who were granted founder tokens, founder NFTs, and just sit on it. You know, we actually, we feel it the same way the community feels it. And that's a tension that I don't think that we can get away from for as long as the community is as small as it is. Um, and by community, I mean, you know, the 50,000 active wallets that are interacting with OpenSea, you know, daily or monthly or whatever. Um, I think that one of the like biggest learnings that we've had coming out of crypto, crypto kitties was do not lean too heavily into um, 
like sale price. Do not lean too heavily into the financials. And you kind of see that with our Twitter and our messaging. Like whenever a big sale happens, like, yeah, we'll show it some support with the like or maybe even a retweet if it's record setting. But um, it's very hard to instill those sort of like values. And at the end of the day, like we might be wrong. Like maybe speculation is what just everyone wants who comes into NFTs. But we don't believe that. Like we believe that we can break out of this sort of mold and we can create products that you know, people really resonate with a product for their identity, a product for collectability. Um, but at the same time, like we can't just, you know, completely ignore what the market is doing. At the end of the day, like my two cents is like, we don't want to sell hot air, right? Like we did our, we did our 10,000 JPEG PFP, you know, you're in the community. Um, that was the original doodles collection. And it's an amazing, wonderful, uh, like, the original Doodles collection, I just, the mascot, I just love it. The next thing that we do, like, sure, we could we could create another 10,000 assets, another 20,000 assets, make a, a Doodles 2 that's dilutive, but we have an experience coming up already that we're building where the NFT is the product, you know? Like, we don't need to sell um, just an image. Like, there's going to be experiences baked into what we think is kind of like the next iteration of the NFT, you know, like it doesn't just need to be um, another image where, you know, you get utility here, maybe an airdrop here. Like, no, we want experiences on a day to day, on a weekly, on a monthly basis. Um, We're ready to take it to that, to that next level. So um, that's what we're working on. I think uh, one detail that Evan left out early in this call is that he comes from a after Jaffer Labs, he worked at Kabam. So he knows uh, the mobile games industry very well and you know what retains people, what engages them, what how you can build a community around you know a, a game. Um, we don't have plans at the moment to build a game. Um, we want to lean more towards like a very fun, easy to drop in sort of web experience. But you know, there might be a scenario where we have enough capital to be able to like acquire the game studio, the indie game studio of our dreams. Like, I don't know. Doodles, we, we want to buy, we don't want to sell. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Speaking of like the expansion of community and things of that nature of like, you know, based on the second order magnitude things, a lot of people are huge fans of what you guys have done. Um, what are your thoughts on the doodle derivatives that have been birthed? Flattering. I see Evan, look at it. And look at Evan smile. I want to talk. I smile. Like you just smiled on that. I Flattering mean, and downright scary. Like those are the two. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, a lot of times, like if it wasn't NFTs, it'd be a little bit flattering, or you know, it'd be fine. But the fact that there is a, the potential for things like rug pulls, scams, things like that, it it does make it a huge risk. Um, we just tell our community flat out, like. You know, we don't support derivatives of any kind, not because we don't think, you know, the teams might be good or the project might be good or, you know, it can do well, let's say. It's just like we don't have the time to do the research into those teams. So it's like, you know, it's it's still it's still the Wild West. Um, You know, somebody could pop up, even verified accounts are getting hacked and things like that. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think security in the space, you know, across the big social platforms, uh, you know, in Discord, on Twitter, um, 
you know, the way that we verify kind of these like user journeys, um, like we're way behind, right? Like the space as a whole, um, it's still a very, a very scary space for, for newcomers. So, um, yeah, I think we have a long way to go. How does this relate to derivatives? You know, people hear about doodles. They don't know exactly what they look like. Um, so all these kind of top projects, let's say they're kind of targeted for being the most relatable. So yeah, it, it is flattering, but you know, we do want to protect uh, people in the space. So, um, we're, we're not big fans of them, let's say. Yeah, except the noodles. Except the noodles. <laughs> well, the noodles are delicious. What can I say? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, you, as you just said, you know, you're, you're looking to buy, not to sell. But, you know, there has been um, obviously a, uh, some big news in, in the space over the past couple months. Um, Yuga Labs obviously acquiring CryptoPunks and MeBits from Larva Labs. I'm curious to get your, your take on what does like consolidation like mean this mean for the NFT space? I don't really know. I think that I look towards the founders and the projects that are able to be self-sufficient, are able to continue building. I know that... Um, having everyone sort of under one umbrella isn't the best for the space. We need competition to be able to bring out, you know, great experiences for users. But at the same time, if there is this sort of next gen like game, for example, that uses everyone's NFTs and is very interoperable, like, and they have a lot of funding, like that's great for all of us. Um, But for me personally, like it's not really affecting our roadmap and how we're building. Um, it is affecting, you know, the expectations of communities. So we have to keep an eye to it and we have to like acknowledge it and maybe tweak some things um, because that, at the end of the day, that is what people want. Um, but for us, it, it doesn't really, you know, affect us in our day to day. Makes sense. Um, and I, I know there's obviously a lot of speculation in the community. So like, could you ever see something similar on the horizon for Doodles? I don't think so. Like, I think that we are perfectly fine right now and you know we have runway to go for ages and we're very intentional about how we scale the team at the same time and you know i'm like we we make really good deals so we know how to find the right partners how to leverage their resources not have to you know over bloat i mean right now doodles has what like eight people on our team um but at the same time you can grow much faster and build more products in parallel and do many more experiences with, you know, a war chest. So if the right person or team or, you know, comes along and it's compelling enough, we're open to listen. But at the moment, we're not like actively seeking out any sort of like funding. Yeah. The the thing is too, is like one of our biggest strengths is like moving so quickly and so nimble and like the fact that we're able to execute and ship product with, you know, not that many resources. Um, So we don't want to lose that strength, right? Like the whole process of, you know, talking about IP acquisitions or fundraising, et cetera. It's like, you know, it slows down a team of eight. Like it it really, really does. So um, I think at what, what we see from this is extremely validating. Like, you know, the CryptoPunks IP was acquired. Yuga Labs raises you know, for us, just extremely validating in the space, like how much, you know, emerging Web3 brands or even, let's say, established Web3 brands, because, you know, I feel like we are um, internationally recognizable as a top uh, Web3 brand. So 
um, yeah, we're just excited that the whole world is kind of paying more attention to uh, these brands as the real deal. So, yo, I absolutely love that, and I love that that clarity that you guys have. Like, it brings absolute certainty and conviction to your brand, and from that brand perspective, like. Talk, let's talk about the co-founder dynamics. You know, the co-founders are so incredibly important to the DNA of any project or any company. Um, what's what are your strengths and weaknesses to each other, and how how do you guys feed off one another? What's that relationship like? Um, yeah, I guess I guess I'll start. Like, yeah, I think we're all. You know, we come we we came into Doodles with like you know our own kind of tenure, like our own work experience, life history. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all builders. We've all kind of been working on our, our personal goals for like the last 15 years in our professional careers. Um, you know, we're all around the similar, a similar age and, and point in our lives. And we all really went all in on, on doodles. Like we, we are giving it kind of our entire, um, our entire energy, you know? So, um, we're just super passionate about the brand first and foremost. Um, and then second to that is like, yeah, we work really well together, but we also keep each other accountable. Um, you know, it's great to have just different, different perspectives, different, you know, thoughts on things. And also, you know, with our backgrounds, you know, Jordan spent a lot more time in, in blockchain and, and tech. And I spent a lot more time in like gaming uh, and, and branding and marketing. And obviously Scott has spent more time in the traditional art world or working for big agencies or, or big companies, uh, with visual design. So, um, yeah, just our network of, of advisors and peers and, you know, people in the web three community is like, I don't even, um, really feel like we're alone as founders. It's like, we also have such a great network of, you know, people that we used to build with or work with that can kind of help us guide this the ship because um the ship is huge you know like it's massive and uh yeah for for three for three people to to take that on you know we really rely on each other and and our network as well anything to add jordan or do you think oh, no. uh, i was i was just gonna say that like we we naturally disagree a lot <laughs> and it makes the ideas better and um yeah so what you said about holding people accountable like we're each, oh, not to toot our own horns, but like we're each very good at what we do. Um, we're at that stage, as you said, Evan, in our careers where like we have full trust in each other's ability to ideate, to execute, to build, whatever it is. Um, so that makes me very, you know, very, very comfortable. And at the end of the day, like we've all worked together in one capacity or another before. So this isn't like a new sort of uh, founding team. Yeah, no, makes total sense. Uh, I love that. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts too, just in terms of uh, like market dynamics. Like, why why do you think it is that like PFP projects specifically have like experienced such a considerable boom and are like really kind of like driving the NFT market right now? Wow, that is a good question. I think that, um, but you have to add more context, right? There's more segments of NFTs. There's art. There's one of ones. There's you know utility NFTs, access NFTs. I I think that a lot of it has to do with the people at the top that are really leading the way and breaking out into the mainstream and getting you know millions of people to see. Oh my gosh, like 
this is their new profile photo and they bought it for half a million dollars. Like it's not the best sort of narrative to lead with high dollar sales, but that's what the media wants. And I think that's how most of the eyeballs get you know, attracted into the space. Um, it's much more difficult to like, you know, take an async art or take a super rare collection and break out into the mainstream and get more people interested. Um, and I also think PFPs are very sort of somewhat accessible initially um, to get into. It's like you join a Discord, you grind for a whitelist, you mint the thing on the day, and you talk to your friends about it. Some win, some lose, and you do the same thing the other day. So I don't know. I, I'm not like too too bullish on the oversaturation of PFPs. I think that there's some there there's something in there that kind of reminds me of 2017, like in the ICO days. Um, but there are like legitimate and great teams in the space that do have long, very like long term visions. And um, for those that do, like I'm. I'm pretty uh, pretty happy that they're seeing you know success and being able to fund their ideas and their dreams through their communities. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a great point. Well, as we as we kind of bring things to a close, you know, I just wanted to also give you an opportunity to speak to what what's coming up. Uh, you know, I know you, know you might have a little bit of alpha to share on what the uh, the Doodles community can expect. Evan, you want to list off the cities that we're having a presence in? Yeah, right. so so that we. Um... You know, we can we can go into more product alpha potentially if Jordan's willing to go there. But you know, when we went to South by Southwest and saw you know, all these kind of conferences or places where um, a lot of people fly in in into town for NFTs or Web three or art or culture specifically, like we want to have a presence there. Um, we think Doodles, you know, has a lot to say, and we want to keep serving our community and just spreading joy. Um, a few of the places that we're going this year, obviously NFT NYC. Um, we don't have any details on that yet, but we like to we like to put on a show, you know. So uh, it should be pretty fun. Um, we're doing a, a installation in Hong Kong later this year, uh, later this summer. Um, Vancouver, we're going to be doing something up at Whistler uh, again later on in the year, probably closer to uh, when it starts snowing hint, hint. Um, and also we're going back to, uh, one of the best places in the world right now for NFTs, which is Miami. So, um, you know, doodles have a lot of, a lot of stops to make this year, but, um, we're excited to, to spread the joy and, uh, spread the rainbow puke as Poopy likes to say. Yeah. And on a product side, um, you know, like I said, we have two big products that we're working on. Uh, the first of which does reward collectors based on their traits. You know, it allows them to make a decision whether or not they want to sell or you know hold on to it or use in in this experience. I can't say more than that. This is yeah. But um, Ooh, as, <laughs> I'm like oh oh shit oh ooh. A lot changes when you actually have like a community of 5 million people, like the whole market dynamics right now just get thrown out the window when 5 million people enter your community. So just want to throw that out there. Like we're thinking really big. We're not thinking, you know, not a default or anything, but we're thinking much larger than 50,000 people in the space or 6,400 doodle collectors. We love the alpha. We love the doodles. And we're really glad you guys could join us today on the NFT Now podcast. Great having you. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much.
yeah, look forward to, to seeing it all come to fruition and we'll catch you next time. Take care. Wow, Alejandro, that was quite a conversation, a lot of alpha. And look, it's just really, really clear from that, from talking to them that they are thinking about the future of Doodle far beyond uh, a 10K PFP project, far beyond even just a community-based NFT project and are really looking to take this concept to the next level. What stood out to you? 100%. I think that you're absolutely right when you're saying that they're playing a completely different game. I think what stood out for me is really about their IRL to URL activations and how they're thinking about a permanent uh, place in different cities across the world. You know, shout out to Miami. Can't wait to see that one. And then really like their intentionality around protecting their community and with their derivatives and highlighting what is and what isn't available to the community from a sense of safety, right? We spoke to them about noodles and then everything else, they're just pretty much don't have the time to verify. So I love that clarity. I love that that aspect of protecting the community. And I really love their approach to uh, the NFT space from a content and media standpoint and their and their, their opinions on Yuga Labs and how, how consolidation of content is not necessarily the way forward and how they're sticking to their guns and staying uh, independent. So I really love that idea. Yeah, 100%. It was a great conversation. And if you enjoyed it as much as we did, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. And we will catch you next time on the NFT Now podcast.